Hello, I'm Llewellyn King, the host of White House Chronicle. Thank you for coming along. Today we take a look at an enormous and very significant shift, and that is the great banks and financial houses of this country and other countries coming together with a sensitivity to the environment, looking at what they fund and what the environmental impact, particularly in emissions, of that funding is. They are joined together in an organization called the Partnership for Carbon Accounting Financials. That's a mouthful, but the, the short form is PCAF, which is less of a mouthful, but it's a very important gathering of data to affect environmental decisions going forward. I have today to discuss this movement, this new concern with the environment, which has some real teeth to it, I think. Uh, Chris Snyder, Director of Energy Sustainability and Infrastructure at the global consulting firm of Geinhouse, and Ivan Frischberg, Director of Impact Policy at Amalgamated Bank of New York and Washington and other locations. Ivan and Chris, welcome to the broadcast. It seems this has been a major shift in the attitude of people who produce carbon and put it into the air in the course of their normal business, whether it's generating electricity or producing the fuels that generate electricity. There seems there is a new awareness, a seismic shift in attitude, if not in action. Would that be correct, uh, Chris? Well, certainly we've seen a continuation of, of interest in moving towards a lower carbon economy. Uh, the Paris Agreement five years ago now was, was so important to move us all into that direction, and, and that continues. So we continue to see uh, guidance and, and direction and movement towards a lower carbon future. Um, and um, Ivan, the banks are now on board, and we're here to discuss how the banks have come on board and what their collaboration is. You have been, you and Amalgamated Bank have been very important in that. Would you like to explain what has happened with the banks and what the Partnership for Carbon Accounting Financials, PCAP, is? Sure, thanks, Solan, and appreciate the opportunity to be on the show today. Uh, I mean, as Chris noted, the uh, Paris Climate Agreement was almost five years ago. At Amalgamated Bank, we took a long look at how we wanted to uh, meet alignment with the Paris Climate Agreement and, and the actions that we could take to get us there. Uh, and we did a lot of things just from an operations perspective that you might expect using renewable energy or um, offsetting the carbon when we took a trip on a train or an airplane. Um, and but the real impact that we have as, as a bank is through the loans and investments that we make. Um, and that can be positive investment if it's providing housing or helping a nonprofit to, to get into business or to stay in business or, or uh, you know, affordable housing. But when it comes to carbon, those are almost always negative emissions, right? Or, or sorry, positive emissions that have a negative consequence. And so we wanted to think about how would we align the emissions that come from the lending that we do uh, to be um, part of the Paris Climate Agreement. And the first job uh, is how do you measure 
what those emissions are. So when you make a loan to affordable housing unit or a small manufacturer or to uh, you know, residential mortgage down the block, what are, what are the uh, carbon consequences of that lending? Um, and for bigger banks, that means when you're lending to a power plant or to an auto company, to an airline. Um, so we undertook the process of figuring out how to measure uh, these financed emissions is what we call them. Um, and uh, we started to do that collaboratively with other uh, banks in the United States and in Canada. Uh, we used what other banks had done in, in Europe uh, and we got to a pretty good system and we've sort of launched that. And as you noted, recently we've been joined by many of the really large financial institutions uh, in the US um, and are seeing that growing globally now. Um, so it's very exciting that, that, the, that so much of the financial industry is committed to measuring and disclosing financed emissions. Chris, what is the role of Guidehouse in bringing together these large financial institutions together with Amalgamated, which is Ivan's bank? Sure, Luan. Well, Guidehouse has had the pleasure for the last five years or so to be part of, of PCAF as it's evolved. It started about five years ago in the Netherlands, and we supported the financial institutions in the Netherlands that, that first looked at how to get a better handle on their financed emissions uh, in advance of, the, of the, Paris, the Paris Accord. And as that evolved and moved globally into the United States and, and Canada in 2018, and then rolled out globally in 2019, we've had the pleasure to, to see PCAF grow and support it through thought leadership and the support through running the, the Secretariat for PCAF. Ivan, would you like to give us a list or a partial list of some of the big banks that have joined up recently? Sure, and we do, there's, it's not just banks, we also have asset managers and, and globally now, um, uh, thanks in part to a lot of the member banks and the, and the team at Guidehouse who serve as the secretariat for this, uh, for this initiative. We now have over 70 uh, financial institutions with over $12 trillion in assets. But the big names that folks will recognize in the United States are Morgan Stanley, Bank of America, and Citibank, which have all within the last few months signed up to this initiative um, and not only agreed to measure uh, their financed emissions using this standard, um, but have agreed to certain levels of disclosure uh, of those financed emissions, which is just as important. And what sort of uh, disclosure is that? Uh, how does the disclosure part of this work? I mean, one assumes that when a bank makes a large or even a small loan, like a mortgage, it acquires a lot of information, some of which is public and some of which is not. Uh, are the emissions not normally public and now they will be, or is this a new accounting of emissions uh, which have not been counted before? Yeah, great question. In reality, when a, loan, a bank makes a loan, no emissions are even calculated. So the first step here is that uh, emissions are being calculated, but they're being done on an annual basis. So it's not as a loan is closed. Uh, there's another person in green eye shades sort of just doing the math on that particular loan but we're looking at a portfolio level. So on an annual basis through the regular uh, corporate social responsibility reports or annual filings that the, the bank has to make, uh, this information will now be a part of that uh, you know, at, at the bank's discretion. Um, they could do it separately. 
but it will be a, their full portfolio um, at an annual level. So they'll be able to look back and say, okay, last year our emissions were X. How do you think this will work, Chris, when in practice? Will a bank face, say, with making a loan to a large coal company, demure, or will it simply state what the coal company will emit? How will it go about it? How will there be an actual change in practice, in habit, over just a declaration? Well, we could, let's talk about it from what, what PCAF brings to the table. So PCAF brings a standardized approach to estimating what the, uh, calculating what the emissions are across a loan portfolio, be it a corporate loan book to energy companies or, or other, other uh, real, real, real economy sectors. And that's the first step is you can't manage what you, what you can't measure. So by measuring it in a consistent way that your peers who have also signed up to PCAF will also measure, you have some certainty and a collaborative non-competitive space to work with your peers to improve data quality, to improve uh, the ask for data that wasn't there, that wasn't public before or wasn't available before and do that in a collective way, which improves data quality over time. And that's one of the, one of the real beauties of PCAF is it acknowledges that this is all about data, all about data quality and, and availability over time. And it, PCAF is set up to facilitate and make it easier to achieve better data quality over time. How will this work for say a utility company? Utilities are very capital intensive. They borrow a great deal. It's just part of the system. Um, will they, when they uh, apply for a loan, will they have to tell the bank what their anticipated emissions are or what their anticipated savings on emissions will be? Or does the bank merely note this? But it will have to, at some point, interrogate the borrower, will it not? There's, there's, there's two parts to that, Llewellyn. So the first part is, is certainly in the, in, the, in the underwriting process of, of, of issuing credit. There are, most banks have some type of an environmental due diligence system in place. And those questions, that's where those questions would be asked in terms of the intensity, the greenhouse gas emission intensity of, of whatever the money is going to, going to be used for by, by, that, by that utility, what the utility management systems are, where they're thinking in terms of, of reducing emission intensity over time. So that's, that's on the underwriting process. What, and what PCAF does is that the aggregate at the portfolio level allows the, 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 the bank to assess where their hotspots are and, and eventually just, just disclose. And on the way to disclose that through PCAF is to uh, assess and manage and, and potentially change strategy, change asset allocation in the, in the lending process over time. So PCAF is an important aspect part of that of that whole process of going from where we are today to a lower carbon economy uh, towards uh, meeting the Paris ag Agreement goals. Is there going to be any difference? You're in Canada, Chris, you're in Toronto, and we're talking to you today, and that's your base. Uh, is there any difference in the attitude to banks in Canada, to banks in the US, or is this an international one standard, one size fits all? So the, the, the beauty of PCAF is it acknowledges that there are regional differences and PCAF has a number of regional working groups that will, that, that take into, will take into account 
the global standard, and we should spend a few minutes to talk about where where we are in that in that process. Uh, but it it takes into account regional regional differences to be utilized and adjusted for not only the data availability, but also how business works locally in different regions of the world. And there are six regional working groups that, that PCAF currently has. When we developed this standard that we sort of borrowed from the, the Dutch banks and we started to apply it in this region, we did it with uh, Van City uh, Credit Union, one of the largest credit unions in Canada, and we did it at a North America level. Um, and so it, it was done with the, the, you know, both markets in mind. We would love to see some of the larger Canadian institutions join, just as we, we have done here in the U.S. Um, there's not many places on climate change. This won't be a big uh, shocker to your, your viewers where the U.S. is leading. Um, but this, this is a place where the, the, the big three coming out and joining this effort is significant. And we hope soon that there'll be more uh, similar size institutions in Canada joining up. Um, Ivan, you are uh, in charge of uh, part of the management of PCAF and producing a, a recognizable standard. How is that coming? I believe it will be published quite soon. Yes, we just a few weeks ago published the draft standard. And as Chris was pointing out earlier, one of the key pieces uh, to this is that it is a standardized approach to the measurement of financed emissions. If um, you compare it to ESG investing products, so you, you know- uh, Just spell out like, ESG for uh, people. Environmental, social, and governance requirements. It's basically a set of um, uh, values that you can bring to investing that over time have shown that they deliver a financial return. So if you are investing in a company that is a stronger environmental track record or better governance or treats its workers better, uh, then you're going to get a better return from that company. But the definition of that is all over the place. What, what one provider says is ESG, another provider has a totally different definition. We thought that when it came to carbon, you wanted one standardized approach. And that was a very important part of, of what PCAP is doing. And so we issued that draft standard at a global level uh, just a few weeks ago. Um, and we're in the process of taking feedback from policymakers, from in, uh, investment and asset managers, from other financial institutions, uh, from the consultancies and, and sort of um, uh, accounting, big accounting firms, uh, and we'll publish the final standard um, uh, later this fall in November as a part of the kickoff to the next uh, big COP, the next sort of re-up of the Paris Climate Agreement. Chris, in Canada, there is a lot of awareness of the environment, but there are also certain very polluting energy facilities. There's a lot of oil drilling, a lot of gas drilling, and of course you have the tar sands, which environmentalists are always very upset about. Do you see a change in attitude? Is there a much greater sensitivity to these things than there was, of which uh, PCAF may be a part or a symptom, a symbol? Well, certainly from a climate change perspective, over the last 20 years, there have been a number of federal and provincial programs that 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 assess and put a price on on carbon, and those continue to to evolve. I think where PCAF fits in is for the banks that that lend to those sectors and other sectors. It provides an opportunity to first assess in a consistent way with 
standardized methodologies by asset class. That's what PCAF provides. So make make that assessment, and then and then uh, just eventually just disclose. But along the way, then assess where should we be changing our investment activities and and concentrations to move us towards a lower carbon economy and towards the the Paris the Paris Agreement. The guidehouse is not known uh, to everyone, Chris. Uh, what is Hydehouse and how does it come to be so influential in getting these banks into a common fold? Well, first of all, I would say uh, you know we're 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 humbled to be to be continued to be the the secretariat for PCAF. PCAF is a is a member driven organization. It's it's driven by the by the financial institution members, and we're very humbled and and honored to to have that role as a secretariat. Guidehouse is a relatively new brand in the market. It is the uh, merger of the former PwC public sector practice with Navigant, uh, which was commercial, which is commercial focused. So it's both public and commercial focused uh, global ad ad advisory firm. On the commercial side, on the former Navigant side, we've been involved with climate change for over 20 years. We've written the thought, not only thought leadership, but some of the fundamental building blocks of what goes into setting things like science-based targets, uh, the sectoral decarbonization approach. Uh, we do a lot of work, continue to do a lot of work, both with financial institutions and with large corporates to help them on their journey to a more sustainable and lower carbon future. And Ivan, do the same for Amalgamated Bank. Tell us what it's about and uh, how it comes to be so influential in the creation of PCAP. Well, do I mean we we've been around for a hundred years almost. Uh, we were started by uh, textile workers, a union in New York City, and have always had values. Um, and these the values I talked about earlier, environmental, social, governance values that we've been driven by uh, by impact for for our whole history. But in the context of really becoming America's socially responsible bank and working with those both in the labor community, but also in the environmental, philanthropic, and nonprofit worlds, um, we were very focused on how we could really meet that alignment task with the Paris Climate Agreement and do it in a, in a, a uh, legitimate and leadership way. Um, and so that's why we started to invest in this process. Um, we wanted to do it with other banks. It wasn't just something we wanted to do uh, on our own. And that's why we uh, initiated this sort of group of banks coming together um, to form PCAF North America. And then ultimately, with our colleagues in the, the Dutch banks to create this global, um, global standard that we see now. Now, the lending, which will be affected, which will be accounted for, and examined is not just to large organizations. We think of banks as lending to very large institutions, but they also are the people who lend us the mortgage money to buy our houses. Will this examination extend all the way down to the humble mortgage? Yes, it does. Um, I mean, it's from the car loans and mortgages to uh, project finance. So the, you know, the building of infrastructure, uh, the building of energy projects, we do a lot of solar finance. So uh, providing lending to um, commercial solar projects um, all the way up to, as, as Chris is noting, sort of the, you know, very carbon intensive energy projects uh, that they have in Canada and also here in the U.S. But those, those are all covered by the PCAF 
methodology. Uh, and so uh, for a bank like ours, obviously we don't lend into those sorts of fossil fuel projects, but mortgages, commercial real estate, uh, regular commercial uh, and industrial lending is, is, is a core of what we do. Will the lending tip towards favor solar installations, a mortgage say to a house that has solar on the roof, and maybe to the purchase of an electric car instead of a regular gasoline car? Will it go down that far and will it be felt? I, I think so. That is an example that with you say car loans, one of the partner banks with us has been uh, Beneficial State Bank. We, we don't do auto loans, they do. And they were particularly focused on how they could use the PCAF data to uh, refine the products that they offer to create a, an incentive that was really true to the emissions reductions uh, for you know, when you purchase an electric vehicle. For us, we've been very, very bullish on, on solar lending. We've, we've um, doubled our, our solar finance in the last few years. Um, it's now nearly 13% of our, our full portfolio. Um, but I think that is the intention, is once we have better data on a, you know, on a going forward basis, we will be able to look at a building and say, okay, well, maybe there's a case here based on the emissions for us to do a preferential term uh, if we know their energy bill is going to be lower or it's lower emissions because they're a more efficient building or they use renewable energy. So we can start to look at that, that kind of uh, what they call sustainability-linked loans. You can't really do that if you don't have that carbon data up front. So the very first thing is to get the data to know what the impact of any lending is, whether it's for a car, a house, or a new power plant. Yep, absolutely right. And it extends, sorry. Please go ahead. Well, it extends beyond commercial banks, of course, to also asset owners and asset managers. So the, the, that, that whole area of, of um, finance, if you want to call it, is so important as, uh, as well as to where, where money is, is invested for things like pension funds and, and, other, uh, and, and other reasons. And for example, the, the Net Zero Asset Owners Alliance, which is a alliance of large institutional investors who are focused on moving to a net zero emission por portfolio by 2050, uh, they are gonna be joining the, the steering committee uh, of PCAF. Uh, and so that, uh, that's, that's wonderful news. And, and that, uh, that will help um, move PCAF even more, uh, even of more interest to, to asset owners and asset managers. Chris, how have your clients, I mean, Guidehouse is there to help large institutions, especially uh, electric utilities and other energy entities. How has this been received and how do you present it to them? Is it welcomed? Is it regarded skeptically? Or is there enthusiasm? Well, I, I think it's part of um, the, the market evolution of what investors and, and, and borrowers, uh, uh, sorry, lenders are, are looking for. So it's part of the evolution of, of carbon and climate as important, potentially material from an investment pr perspective. And we continue to see that evolve in the market. And uh, there hasn't been any resistance or any, uh, you know, I know, for example, one corporation, which I won't mention on the air, uh, where the CEO is very hostile to the whole concept of climate change. He says it isn't true, it isn't happening, 
you encounter a very large company, a large energy company. Now, it is, in fact, a company that does not appear to have a future because they're heavily coal base, but even so, there is that thinking. Uh, have you run into that? Uh, certainly not, not recently. I think, yeah, I think, I think what this is a, ma a risk to manage and an opportunity to take, to take advantage of. So I, I think majority of, of financial institutions see that, both sides of that, and are working through utilizing uh, vehicles and, and processes like, like PCAF to, to further their, their, um, their, their operations and, and risk management processes. And the same question essentially to Ivan, have you ran, run into resistance or have some of your large lending banks uh, that finance uh, uh, polluting organizations or polluting companies, not that it's their desire to, to pollute, but they do. Have you had any pushback? Have they had any pushback, any controversy? Now, I think universally across the financial sector, there's an understanding that climate change is real. It's a very serious threat. Um, there are material risks uh, that come with the changing climate. Um, that kind of, uh, frankly, science denial and climate denial is uh, restricted now to a very small portion of the federal government here in, in Washington, uh, although it has a lot of power. Um, and um, we actually see the opposite. So we hired last year uh, an investment manager um, uh, Invesco to help us manage and develop new uh, products because we, as well as being a bank, we also are an investment manager. And so they're now the sub-advisor uh, on uh, our investment products. And we've been working on a new uh, set of investments where we're actually using carbon uh, information and the, the, the emissions uh, reporting and disclosure of the corporate sector to be able to create a product that will uh, deliver really strong ESG returns. Uh, and I think that is now the, the norm in this space. Um, and uh, the kind of um, climate denial or science denial that you're talking about is really um, now just exists at the fringes. An awful lot of young people, we're down to the last few moments now of the program, are curious about careers in environmentalism. And they don't necessarily think those careers may be either in a bank. Uh, how do, how do you uh, pursue an environmental career in a bank? And then I want to ask the same question of Chris. I think what you'll experience when you look at the banking sector is uh, the people that I know um, at other banks are climate scientists, are former environmental campaigners and policy advocates, are people who have kids and that care about the climate if they're old enough and if they're not, the parents care about them. I mean, this is, I think now, uh, climate change is an issue that um, extends through every part of the economy. And Chris, um, environmentalism in the consulting business is not just about rate design and return on equity, is it? As Ivan said, there are lots of places in a bank and in consulting for people that have a knack for, for business and the business of climate and the business of renewable energy and clean tech is just continuing to, to grow. And so there's a bright future for, for, for the, the younger generation. Thank you both very much for extremely interesting interviews. We'll see you next week. Cheers. White House Chronicle is available as a podcast on Apple, 
Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen, we are there.